your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 325 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends from Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers obviously coming off of a game that became a lot more interesting than I think a lot of us would have liked it to become. I think that's fair to say, but the bottom line is they came in with two points, and that is exactly what they needed to do playing, uh, again, a Buffalo Sabres team that has obviously struggled mightily this season. Of course, the night prior, Buffalo finally ended its lengthy losing streak, but the bottom line, the Rangers had to find a way to come away with two points, and they did that last night, and it got dicey toward the end. We'll kind of, we don't want to bury the lead here, so we'll kind of go to the big finish right away. First of all, it's the third period, and this has kind of been a theme with Rangers versus Sabres this season. I feel like the Rangers tend to, I don't necessarily want to say dominate the game, but they definitely control it. They definitely spend more time on the attack. They spend more time with the puck. They create more scoring opportunities than the Sabres do. For whatever reason, it seems like the Rangers, when they're playing the Sabres, and, and not for every game, but for most games between these two teams this season, they just can't quite deliver that knockout punch, that big goal that puts them up by two, you know, late in the third period, whatever it might be. You know, that that spot in the game where the Rangers just truly take control. And it came back to bite them, at least momentarily, last night because the Rangers led two to one. They got a goal early in the third period to go up two to one, and they had pretty much dominated the game from the second period through the third period, even through overtime. But then you're getting toward the end of the third period there. The Sabres have had basically no scoring chances in the third period. I mean, at least not any big-time, high-danger, quality scoring opportunities. And then there is an offensive zone face-off. The Sabres obviously have their goalie pulled because there's only 14 seconds remaining. The Sabres win the face-off, and it looked like it was going to go pretty well for the Rangers here. It looked like maybe the clock would run out because Pavel Buchnevich made a really nice play. He kind of just pinned his guy against the boards and uh, didn't you weren't even sure that the Sabres were going to be able to get the puck loose and create any kind of a shot, much less the scoring opportunity that they did create. And of course, Thompson with a one-timer with just three seconds remaining, he puts it into the net. And just like that, we are going to overtime. So we've kind of been talking on here about how the Rangers have been looking for that dramatic last second goal. Not quite like this. We wanted, maybe I should have specified, we wanted the Rangers to be the team scoring that dramatic late second goal. But they give one up here. It's a total gut punch because like I said, the Rangers had largely dominated this game, especially in the second and third periods, and yet here you are going to overtime. Now, in the overtime period, it was kind of more the same. I felt like the Rangers obviously created a few more scoring chances than the Sabres did, although I will say, and the announcers mentioned this as well, for a three-on-three overtime period, there weren't really a ton of chances going back and forth. I mean, there's obviously more open ice out there, and you've got your skilled players out there, and you, you think that there's going to be a lot of scoring chances. Both teams played pretty good defense here, though, and it wasn't until uh, the Rangers went in on a two-on-one, just a beautiful uh, little game of pitch and catch between Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. But basically, what set the whole thing up, the Sabres have the puck near the Ranger blue line, and Zibanejad goes in there, puts a little bit of a hit on his guy, gets the puck loose, and it goes to Adam Fox. It trickles ahead to Adam Fox. 
Fox dishes across the blue line, basically, to his right and a little bit into the neutral zone to Artemi Panarin. Now, Panarin brings the puck in. He passes to Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad passes back to his right to Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin passes back to his left to Mika Zibanejad. Mika winds back and just absolutely hammers a one-timer. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful sight there. The Rangers claiming the win with just 27 seconds to go in the overtime period. It's great that they did that because, obviously, you know, you go to a shootout, it can be a little bit of a crapshoot. I mean, even the three-on-three -three overtime is a little bit of a crapshoot. Um, and, and you know what? I do like the Rangers' chances in a shootout against this Buffalo Sabres team. I realize Dustin Tokarski had a pretty nice game for the Sabres, but Igor Shesterkin turned in another uh, really strong performance for the Rangers as well. And on top of that, Igor's been very, very good against breakaway opportunities this season. So, yeah, I would, I would like the Rangers' chances in a shootout, but I was more than happy to see them take care of business here with just 27 seconds left and get the win. Now, if the Rangers were playing a team that they were closer to in the standings, we might be kind of lamenting the fact that we even allowed this game to get to overtime, and we could still kind of do that against the Sabres because it's the Sabres and you don't want to be going to overtime with them. You want to just kind of basically crush them in regulation. I get that. But the fact that the Sabres got a point here is 100% completely irrelevant. I mean, they are way too dead and buried in the standings for that to matter at all. Whereas if the Rangers were playing a team like the Flyers or the Bruins or any of these other teams that they're trying to chase in the uh, playoff standings, and you allow them to tie it with three seconds left, and it goes into overtime, and you win, it's great that you still won the game, but you just gift-wrapped a point for them. So that would be unfortunate. In the case of the Sabres, doesn't really matter at all. They're not going to make any kind of a playoff run, and they're not going to pass the Rangers or anybody else in the standings. So that's awesome. Obviously, the other awesome aspect of last night is the fact that the Boston Bruins were defeated by the Penguins. And as a result of that, the Rangers now just three points out of fourth place in the Eastern Division and as we all know, the top four teams make the playoffs, but this is as close as the Rangers have been uh, pretty much all season, because even at the beginning of the season, I mean, obviously, everybody starts 0-0, zero and zero. I get that, but, you know, the Rangers, they were 1-4-1 and one before anybody could blink, and they were already kind of slipping down the standings, and, you know, ever since then, this is as close as they've been to a playoff spot, so definitely a lot of reasons to be excited and be happy after last night's win. Again, they made it a little bit more interesting than I think a lot of us wanted it to be, but they ended up persevering through all that, getting the win, and uh, Mika Zibanejad, once again, he's got that one-timer back. You know, we've talked about that, what a big, important part of his arsenals that is and how it was missing earlier in the season. I mean, really, Mika couldn't score goals of any kind, but we've seen him be so lethal with that one-timer, and here it was on display again, this time in an overtime period, and this time getting the Rangers two very critical points. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
We will get back into some of the finer points from this Ranger win and some of the talking points as well to come out of this 3-2 overtime victory against the Buffalo Sabres in just a second. But first, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a quick standings update. And I know that, you know, obviously you guys can check these out just as well as I can. But, I mean, some of you might be driving right now. We haven't really looked at the big picture of the entire Eastern Division uh, in quite some time here. So I thought we would just go through the standings real quick. And we have... A situation where the top three teams have really kind of separated recently. They've all played very well. You got the Washington Capitals, the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, all with 50 total points. So they have quite the lead on fourth place Boston. Boston has 41 points. And as far as the three-way tie for first place, I guess technically it would go to the Washington Capitals because they've played 36 games. The Islanders and Penguins have both played 37 games. Now, I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago that the Rangers are just three points behind the Boston Bruins, and that means they are three points out of a playoff spot. That is true, but I got to be honest here, guys, it does come with a little bit of a caveat because the Bruins, yes, they are in fourth place. Yes, their lead over the Rangers has shrank to just three points, but the Bruins have played 33 total games. The Rangers have played 36 total games. So the Bruins do have three games in hand on the Rangers, which is unfortunate. Uh, there's no guarantee that the Bruins are going to win all three of those games or even win any of those games. You never know how that can shake out, but uh, it must be said that they do have a couple of games in hand on the Rangers. And the Rangers, now with the win last night, once again tied for fifth place with the Philadelphia Flyers. Both teams have 38 points. It also must be said, however, that the Flyers still have a game in hand on the Rangers. So, yeah, I mean, it's tightening up a little bit. The Rangers seem to be making their move a little bit here, and, you know, the Flyers have obviously struggled recently, and the Bruins, you know, they haven't been really that great either. They got off to a ridiculously hot start to the season here, but that hot start has kind of been the thing that's allowed them to keep their head above water because they've been pretty mediocre after that. I mean, they, they have not been world beaters, that's for sure. So a playoff position is certainly within reach, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I think it's definitely encouraging, given that the Rangers are trailing the Boston Bruins and trying to catch them. The Rangers' final two games of the regular season are against the Boston Bruins. So it'd be pretty wild if we got to a situation where those two teams were tied in the standings or maybe one team or the other is one point behind. Uh, that would be certainly an exciting, very dramatic way to end the regular season. But we'll obviously have to wait and see. The Rangers, they still have their work cut out for them. But like we talked about in yesterday's episode, the schedule does get a little bit easier this month if there's any such thing as an easy portion to the schedule this year because we've talked about how tough this Eastern Division is. We'll go ahead and get back to the game here. The Rangers went with the same lineup that they've been going with in recent games. They have a top line of Mika, centering Kreider, and Buchnevich, a second line of Strom, centering Panarin, and Kako, a third line of Philip Hedl with Alexi Lafreniere and Julian Gauthier, and the fourth line, Kevin Rooney, centering Philip DiGiuseppe and Colin Blackwell. And the defense pairings, Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba, Libor Hayek and Brennan Smith, the same six defensemen they've been going with for some time as well. And we talked about that not too long ago. I think these are the six defensemen for the New York Rangers going forward. I know Anthony Potato was mixing in there a little bit in a recent practice, and maybe at some point we do see him again. But I feel like the Rangers finally seem pretty comfortable with just rolling with these same six guys night in and night out. And of course, Igor Shesterkin back in the net. He comes up with another strong performance and another victory, stopping 21 of 23 shots last night against the Buffalo Sabres. And... I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because it's something we've been talking about quite a bit in recent episodes, but I do think it's time for the Rangers to just ride Igor Shesterkin until the wheels fall off because like we talked about in these recent episodes, it's a shortened season to begin with. Igor Shesterkin missed 
three weeks, he's still going to end up with probably fewer games started this season than he will in any other season going forward for this New York Ranger team. He's young, he can handle it, and he gives the Rangers the best chance to win, and the Rangers are chasing a playoff spot. So for my money, it's got to be Igor Shosturkin pretty much night in and night out the rest of the way. I mean, he'll get some rest whenever the Rangers have a back-to-back. They have three back-to-backs remaining, but yeah, Igor's got to be the workhorse down the stretch here for this team, and it's also already been announced by the Rangers that Igor Shosturkin will indeed be back in net when the Rangers once again play these same Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo on Saturday. The puck drops at 7 o'clock for that game. And I also just wanted to share with you guys, I think the question that I've received the most variations of ever since basically starting this Lockdown New York Ranger podcast, you guys are really, really excited about Vitaly Krasov, and everybody wants to know when he's going to debut. I don't have any answers for you. I would hope that it's this Saturday. I mean, I realize now the Rangers have won two straight games again, and so maybe there's that superstition, or not even necessarily superstition, just you don't want to mess with a winning formula and you don't want to make any changes to the lineup. But I think the Rangers, you know, the way they've been playing recently, and again, I'm not trying to take pot shots at the Buffalo Sabres here, but when you consider the quality of opponent here, I think the Rangers, even if Vitaly Krasov does not shine in his NHL debut, if it happens on Saturday, I think the Rangers should be able to survive that, should be able to survive going from probably Julian Gauthier to Vitaly Krasov. I think the Rangers will still end up winning the game. I mean, we'll see, but I just think sooner or later, you got to get the kid out there. You got to see what he can do. There's certainly uh, a certain amount of upside when it comes to Vitaly Krasov. And Julian Gauthier, you know, again, we've talked about this. He is a former first-round pick. I wanted to see him get a top-nine role this season. I wanted to see him get a chance. I wanted to see him get some opportunities with some guys who could put the puck in the net. And he has gotten that opportunity this year. And again, he has shown flashes at times, but has he been so good that we can't pull him out of the lineup for Vitaly Krasov? I would say probably not. But it must be said, uh, Julian Gauthier did come through with an assist for this team last night. In fact, why don't we just go through this play right now? This is a goal by Philip Hedel fairly early in the third period that gave the Rangers their first lead of the game at 2-1. to one. And basically, Jacob Truba uh, has the puck in deep. He makes a nice move, pinches in, gets the puck away from the player on the Sabres, and passes to Julian Gauthier. Now, Gauthier carries the puck across the crease, and it looks like he's going to slip his shot between uh, the outstretched pad of Tokarski, the outstretched left pad of Tokarski, and the post. And for whatever reason, he's just not able to do that. So the puck ends up kind of on the side of the net. But to Gauthier's credit, he keeps fighting for the puck, and he had a lot of opposition there. There were several Sabres that were just all over him, and he's trying to fish the puck out of, you know, the netting there, and he's got guys all over him. He eventually works the puck free back to Philip Heedle in the slot, and Heedle takes the shot and puts it home and gives the Rangers the 2-1 to lead. That would have been the game-winning goal had the Rangers not surrendered uh, the game-tying goal with only three seconds remaining. But uh, be that as it may, a really nice play by Julian Gauthier there. Alexi Lafreniere also credited with an assist on the play. But even with this nice play by Gauthier here and the, the hard work that he showed, I, I'm still completely fine with giving Vitaly Krasov a chance on Saturday. Again, you know, he's he's been with the Rangers for long enough now. It's going on two weeks. I think uh, sooner or later, you just got to see what he can do. And if he struggles a little bit, I mean, limit his ice time. You know, don't put him out there on any kind of special teams or anything like that. Drop him down the lineup if you absolutely must. But sooner or later, uh, I think you just got to find out what you have here. You got to give this kid a chance. He is part of the rebuild, after all. He's somebody that the Rangers took with a number nine overall pick several seasons ago. So let's see what he can do. It's basically just as simple as that for me. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. 
It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Something else from this game last night that I thought was kind of weird is, well, I mean, first of all, this this first stat that I'm going to mention is not weird at all. This sounds very indicative of how the game went, but the Rangers outshot the Buffalo Sabres 47-23 to in this game last night. But beyond that, the analysts on MSG after the game also mentioned that the Rangers attempted 82 shots. Now, obviously, all those didn't go on goal, but they attempted 82 shots, and yet watching this game, and even David Quinn talked about this when the game was over during his presser, it felt like the Rangers didn't shoot the puck as often as they could have and probably even should have. There were a couple of times in this game where they looked to pass and just kind of make the perfect play rather than just let it rip at the net themselves, which is... It's just weird because how is that the case? And then it's also the case that the Rangers attempted 82 shots. And I don't really have the answer for that. I just kind of felt like sharing because despite attempting, again, 82 shots, it felt like there were times where, you know, they were passing up some good opportunities and looking to pass rather than shoot. Just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. One other thing I want to do here, we got to give some love to Colin Blackwell, who ends up with his ninth goal of the season for the Rangers which is probably about eight more goals than we all thought that Colin Blackwell would score all season for this team, but he has, in fact, been something of a diamond in the rough for the Rangers this season. Again, we've talked about his versatility, the fact that he can move up and down the lineup. He never really feels out of place, no matter he's out there with. He's almost in the old uh, Jesper Foss role. We saw that quite a bit with Jesper Foss moving up and down and all around the lineup uh, the last couple of seasons for this Ranger team before, you know, eventually settling in on the second line. But Blackwell was on the fourth line last night, and it didn't stop him from scoring, again, his ninth goal of the season. And we'll get to that in just a second, but this was just a wild sequence here in the second period. So the Sabres are leading the game one to nothing at this point, and there's a play. Libor Hayek has the puck, and it's stolen by Jeff Skinner, and it looks like Skinner is going to go in alone on a breakaway, and I don't know if he just dropped his stick or if he broke it. I think he broke it, but the bottom line is, you know, you, you think like, oh no, there, there goes a breakaway. What's going to happen? Then you realize that Jeff Skinner does not have his stick, so he's basically kicking the puck down the ice toward the Ranger net, and he kind of runs out of options because obviously you're not allowed to kick the puck into the net. So I suppose his only option there would have been to try to just let the puck slide past Igor Shesterkin, which is not going to happen, or to do what he did, which was to kick the puck to his right in the direction of a teammate. Didn't really work out for him, but the Rangers go back the other way. Colin Blackwell receives a pass from Ryan Strom on a two-on-one. Strom dishes to his left. Blackwell rings it right off the post. The play continues. The puck gets to Panarin, and Panarin dishes across the ice to his left, and Blackwell finishes a one-timer from the left faceoff circle, ties the game at 1-1, a goal that the Rangers desperately needed to have there. They need to get their way back into this game. They needed to convert on one of these opportunities, and they indeed do so here with, once again, Colin Blackwell scoring on a one-timer off of an assist from Artemi Panarin. Strom also ends up with an assist on this play, the secondary assist to be exact, and Strom has now tied a New York Ranger record with Rod Gilbert. 
He has assisted, picked up at least one assist in 10 consecutive games. And again, that ties him with Gilbert, who accomplished the feat all the way back in 1969. So I'm definitely going to be rooting for Ryan Strom to go ahead and claim that record on Saturday. He's obviously had a really nice season. We talked about how important he was to kind of, uh, you know, keep the ship from sinking when so many players were struggling, when Artemi Panarin was out of the lineup, when Mika Zibanejad was having all kinds of issues, and obviously the Rangers don't really have any other options at center. So Strom really needed to step up when all that was happening, and he absolutely did, and just continues to be a big-time contributor for this team after Artemi Panarin is back in the lineup. Obviously, that helps, but we saw this season. The proof was in the pudding. Ryan Strom can be an effective player, even if he's not out there with Artemi Panarin. Yes, being with Panarin helps, but Strom can do it alone as well. He can at least continue to be productive uh, pretty much night in and night out. Wanted to also talk about the Ranger power play. On the surface, it looked like the man advantage kind of had a rough night, which in a way I suppose they did. I mean, they did go 0 for 4, but they did create some good scoring opportunities. And what they did more than anything, I mean, the scoring opportunities, there's too many to list. I'm not going to go through every single one of them. But the theme for the Ranger power play last night against the Sabres was how much time they kept the puck in the Buffalo Sabres zone. It felt like every power play that the Rangers had, they would have the puck in the Buffalo zone for about the first minute and 35 seconds before Buffalo would finally get it clear and finally be able to change their penalty killers. And as you're watching all this happen, I mean, you're thinking that just as a byproduct of keeping the puck in the Buffalo zone for so long, even if you're not creating a bunch of A-plus scoring opportunities, sooner or later, these penalty killers are going to be get, getting tired. And of course, they can't get off the ice. So you figure sooner or later, the Rangers are going to wear them down. They're going to take advantage of that, and they're going to score a goal. At last, it did not happen. Uh, it was the classic case of uh, the Rangers pretty much doing everything possible on a power play except for scoring. So hopefully that does not become a trend. We saw that as a trend early in the season this year, but uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, convert on some man advantages on Saturday against the same Buffalo Sabres team. I also do like to kind of keep you guys updated on anything that might be happening with a former New York Ranger. And of course, in this game last night, uh, Stephen Fogarty played for the Buffalo Sabres. Fogarty obviously was not uh, a staple of the Rangers or anything like that, but he did play in 18 games with the team over the prior three seasons and appeared in one playoff game as well. And actually, in the night prior, when the Flyers and Sabres played each other, Fogarty scored a goal in that game, his first career NHL goal. And obviously that helped the Sabres uh, and their losing streak. And again, not a superstar player by any stretch, but somebody who I think worked hard in the limited time that he spent with the Rangers. So obviously nice to see him uh, carving out a role for himself on this Buffalo Sabres team. And finally, one last thing that you guys may or may not have heard about is that Brian Lemieux, it looks like, actually requested a trade from the New York Rangers. That according to a report from Larry Brooks, apparently Brian Lemieux was looking for more playing time and he felt that he was basically only going to get to play on the fourth line for the Rangers. He didn't really think there was any opportunity to move up in the lineup, and he might be right about that. Uh, with Lemieux, though, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to have a big role. You want to be able to contribute to whatever team you're playing on. So I get all that. But at the same time, I mean, Lemieux's a left winger, and look at the guys in front of him. I mean, should he be playing in front of Artemi Panarin? Should he be playing in front of Chris Kreider? Should he be playing in front of Alexi Lafreniere? Which one of those three do you guys want to send down to the fourth line? And I'm not criticizing Lemieux because I get it. And I think he certainly played hard and uh, played his role pretty well while he was here. But uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, maybe it's for the better. Maybe it's for the better for the Rangers. You get a fourth round draft pick in return. And you also create, uh, you know, kind of an opening there if you want to eventually plug Vitaly Kravtsov in, if Morgan Barron is eventually in the lineup at some point this season. We'll see how it goes for the Rangers. But uh, yeah, it might have been best for everybody involved. And obviously, Lemune is quarantining right now, but we'll see how the uh, Kings look to use him whenever he makes his debut there in Los Angeles. 
Finally, you know, we're at the end of the week here, so I just wanted to mention the fact that the trade deadline is now just 10 days away. It's really kind of sneaking up on all of us, I think. The trade deadline, of course, going to be happening on Monday, April 12th. We'll see what the Rangers look to do. I mean, they've already thrown us one curveball because even though the trade of Brandon Lemieux made some sense, and of course now we're finding out that it looks like Brandon Lemieux may have requested to be traded. Despite all that, it still came as something of a surprise when it happened. It's not something you expect to uh, go on Twitter and necessarily see, oh, Brandon Lemieux's going to the Los Angeles Kings for a fourth round pick. That was certainly came as a bit of a surprise. Uh, but yes, the trade deadline is 10 days away. We'll see if the Rangers have any other tricks up their sleeve. I've been saying all along, and I'll continue to say this, at least for now, at least until we uh, hear some rumors that get some of us excited. Uh, but I do think this is going to be a fairly quiet trade deadline for the Rangers. I could see this deadline coming and going without the Rangers really doing anything because, you know, for a while there, I was thinking that maybe Brennan Smith would be traded because he is a veteran player. Maybe a team could plug him in as a depth piece on their blue line, a team looking to go on a Stanley Cup run, just get a little bit more toughness, a little bit more veteran leadership. But you know what? I think the Rangers are starting to value that from Brennan Smith as well. And we've talked about, we even mentioned it today, the Rangers seem pretty committed to this same six group of defensemen. I suppose if you trade Brennan Smith, you could throw Tarmo Rayunin in back out there if you want to get him some run. And, you know, maybe that's the deciding factor for the Rangers. Do they want to get Rayunin in out there for some more work this season? And do they think that the best way to do that is to move Brennan Smith in a trade? Only time is going to tell there. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, maybe the Rangers add a piece here, a piece there, but I don't think it's going to be uh, any kind of a blockbuster trade deadline for the Rangers. But we'll see. You never can say for sure. We'll see how Jeff Gorton, JD, and the Ranger front office looks to play it as we approach the trade deadline. And obviously, if there are any rumors, we'll be talking about that next week as well. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.